I remember seeing Gillian Anderson. I loved Gillian Anderson on the X-Files and she is like mm -hmm. this super smart and introspective person. And then I was so disappointed. I saw her on like a late night show. She was such a, a ditz. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> everyone to Speaking Style, a podcast brought to you by He Spoke Style. I'm Brian Sakawa, our first episode here, and I feel like maybe I should just preface this a little bit and let you know kind of how this all got started, Eustace Hansen and I doing a podcast together. So we're going to talk about this a little bit in the actual conversation, but I met Eustace for the first time in person in London when we were both there for an activation with Gégère Lecoult. We became very fast friends. Obviously, I'm a big fan of his style, and I was also really impressed with his passion and real knowledge about menswear, style, watches, and many, many other things. And I just mentioned that because I typically don't make those types of connections at that level and that quickly with people very often. So fast forward almost a year, and I texted him about this idea to do this podcast together, to which he responded that he'd been thinking the exact same thing. So we recorded our first episode, which you're hearing today, and one thing we want to let you know is that this is not just an audio podcast. So if you want to watch the podcast, you can do that on the He Spoke Style YouTube channel, where you can leave comments, engage with the community, give us topic suggestions for future episodes, and uh, so we would love to see you there as well. So this episode was actually pretty freeform. We covered a lot of ground, including how we're both dealing with the COVID-19 pandemic, and then a lot of issues kind of centered around Instagram and how that can change or warp reality and perceptions of people, uh, shifts we expect to see in the quote-unquote influencer industry and menswear in general, books that we've been reading and have inspired us. But anyway, it was a really wide-ranging discussion, and it was a great kickoff to this new podcast. So without further ado, let's jump right into the conversation. Hey, what's Hi. going on? <laughs> <laughs> um, we just fixed the camera. There we go. We'll That's a, a good start. And to this, what's, I'm just going to jump right in. Like, sure. what's the hardest part been about this whole thing for you? About which whole thing? Sheltering in place, quarantine, COVID-19, whatever. I see. That's what you mean. Um, yeah, that's what I mean. <laughs> I honestly, I think the most, most, uh, difficult part was, uh, I can't go to the gym and I'm in um, the gym too. Huh? I'm missing the gym too, for sure. Yeah. Every, everybody does that. That that's, that's very, very, um, annoying to me. Um, because you know, I'm, I'm not at the risk group, so I'm very, uh, very, I can be very lucky about that. Um, so I really got minor issues that really annoy me here. And that's why, um, to me, it's the gym and not seeing friends, not socializing, not going out, actually not wearing outfits. That's why I'm wearing like a suit and a tie today because yeah. it was the second time I was going out. and was like, I'm going out, I'm going into the city. I can, I can just wear a suit. Dress up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there was no reason at all. And that's what I said on stories too. There's no reason for me to wear a suit at the moment, but I just felt like it and felt so good. I thought about doing that like in the very beginning. Uh, my wife wanted to like take portraits, so she got dressed up and we took some photos of her down in the, in, in the studio, but I just couldn't bring myself to do it. I, I don't know. 
maybe I should, maybe it'll make me feel better. Cause I think that's probably like one of the reasons that we like to dress up as it makes us feel, feel good. Uh, but it's been kind of hard to, to do that. Uh, do you have like, a in, in place of the gym, is there something that you're doing like at home to work out? I've got like, I'm getting sick of body weight and resistance band, but that's all I got right now. So I'm making it work for me. Mm. Um, I bought some equipment, but to be honest, I, I just, I just can't work out at home. It doesn't feel right. Um, to me, that's why I like going to the gym. That's why I miss it so much is I want to go outside and know I'm going, I got this 10 minute walk to the, to the gym and I just need this, these, those 10 minutes to, to mentally prepare for going to the gym and working out and yeah, putting my body under stress. And, um, that's what I, that's what I feel like. I go out outdoor and I, I tell myself like, okay, um, I'm going to hit the gym now. I'm, I'm, I'm going to, going to put my body under stress. And once I'm there, I'm going to redress again. I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm going to the, I'm like, I'm doing, doing sports now. Um, yeah. So I need this kind of mental, mental step. Uh, to get there and like just working up next to my next to my bed is I just don't feel it you know it's tough to get into a routine and that's actually been one of the biggest challenges for me is not having a routine or having my routine completely disrupted mm -hmm. I'm someone who really loves to have a routine and then I don't know maybe it's a fault of mine but it's when I get into a routine I'm really in a groove and I'm feeling really good about myself but then when that gets upset I, I just, it takes me too long to kind of readapt to whatever the new thing is. And that's really how I've been feeling mm. here. And also like if, if I take a break or pause between, between the reps, I'm like, I, I look around, I look at people. I also get motivated because maybe sometimes there are girls around and stuff that kind of, <laughs> me, to be honest, um, or other guys just lifting weights and being, you see the progress of people too. You, you see like mm -hmm. a guy, there was one guy, he just started, um, I saw him coming to the gym and a month or two months later, I saw him. He was like, he was ripped and everything. He was really, really feeling it. And that, yeah. that's motivating me too. And that just, if I look around my room, there's nothing, there's nothing to do. There's nothing to see. Also, everything's quiet. Uh, we have a flat chair, as I mentioned before. Yeah. And um, so he just, he just hears me working out and that's, that's kind of strange. You know, he does his thing. I do mine. And right. Uh, <laughs> What is something that you, you do every day to kind of keep yourself sane? Um, what I really like about the quarantine at the moment is those routines I get. And the first thing and the most important thing for me is getting back to reading. Because I yeah, love I noticed reading. you've been doing that. I love reading ever since. Um, but that is, I think like the last two or three years, I didn't really take the time. And I used to say to people like, I don't have the time to read. And a friend of mine said, you don't, you never have the time. You just take the time if you really want to. And that's what I did in quarantine now. Like, of course, I still got my stuff to do every day. Um, but I'm just taking the time one hour in, um, in the morning to just read. Right. Yeah. You really yeah. have to like physically make your own routines and, and carve out time for yourself. Because I feel like before everything was sort of structured in place for you. And now you're left to your own devices and if you're not making your own schedule, then it's really hard to kind of get into any kind of groove at all. What yeah. are you, what are you reading? At the moment I'm reading, um, Zapiens by, um, a short story about humankind by Harari. It's fascinating. I'm also reading it in English. That's why I'm only reading 10 pages a day because 
he comes up with so much vocabulary I've never heard of that I got to look up at least two words a page. Oh, really? Yeah. But it's fun. It's fun. It's, I'm learning so much. I'm trying to remember the last book that I read. Every around like the holidays, like Christmas time, I always say, I'm going to start reading again. And I always start like the same books. And I never, I, I, never, really get, I never really get through them. It's been a long you know, time since I finished a book. <laughs> you know, all the stuff you just, you, you, you're so motivated about vacation that you, you just take, uh, you take books with you. You take, uh, or you have to plan to, to work out more or be very uh, healthy with your nutrition. But in the end, you don't do much different. Like that's what I realized. Like I get to take too much stuff with me, mm -hmm. but I mostly don't use it. Uh, yeah. I'm ready to to kind of get back into the groove of of eating well. It's it's just it's been too easy not to. I've enjoyed the time that uh, we've had at home, but more time to spend with the dog and walking oh, yeah. around. And, you know, my wife and I get to take walks with the dog together, and we're cooking, and it, it's just like we have more time, and it's it's nice. So that's. Hunting the good stuff, that's one thing that I'm enjoying about it. Another, well, actually, one thing that I've been doing every day, it, it seems kind of mundane, and I don't know why I never did this before, but I've been unsubscribing from like almost every email list that I get. Because <laughs> I don't know if it's like the same for you, but I get tons of junk yeah. email. And oh, I'm yeah. like, why? well, number one, like, why am I even on this list? I don't care about this. Uh, so I thought it was just going to take one day because I get so many. I'm like, oh, just like methodically going through unsubscribe 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 and then but it's still like three days later and i'm still unsubscribing from things one thing i thought i was wondering like okay i get all these emails but and i'm unsubscribing and it's going to make me feel good because i don't have to delete like a thousand emails every day but then i started thinking like am i gonna be sad now that i don't get all these emails like all these people aren't <laughs> thinking about sending me an email it hasn't happened so far but no. Anyway, I, I do the same. I'm, I also got this uh, from. It's called Gojek. It's an app you can you can. I use on Bali to order stuff. They um, you order something in a store and they just send someone with a scooter. He just brings it to you and then you pay. It's really convenient. Um, What's but that called? We don't have that here. It's called Gojek. Gojek. G O J E K. Yeah, and um, and I still get emails from them, but I. I tried unsubscribing, but I can't because it's in their language. I don't know what language called it's Balinese or whatever. Oh, okay. Um, I can't unsubscribe, and so that's very clever of them. I still get their emails like twice a day at least, and I just can't unsubscribe. Some of them don't have ways to unsubscribe, but I think that's illegal. There, I got four emails to. I have there's like different emails for bespoke style, and there's like questions and contact and advertising, and I think somehow they just found every single email address that was available and mm. i got like 10 emails from the same brand <laughs> but the things they know that you won't sue them for just sending you emails that's why i think they they, they get away with it right there's like there's so many other things going on in the world oh, yeah. why are you gonna sue us over spam email no. <laughs> <laughs> i think people might be wondering how this is happening right now and <laughs> we sort of talked about it and we uh, we texted over WhatsApp, and I think we kind of had the same idea at about the same time. But one thing that was striking to me, and we've we've talked about this previously, but I think it's a really really interesting topic, is the perception that you have of someone who you might only know via their Instagram feed versus the reality of who they are. Oh yeah. And a lot of times, at least in my case, and it's not always the case, but I say more times than not, I form a 
opinion of someone of who they are based on the photos they take and what I see online, which as, as you know, is, is not always, you know, the most authentic picture of, of who they are and how they live, especially in photographs. It's hard to see and tell stories. Yeah. But you can still kind of, you know, fudge it a little bit if you like. Um, so we met for the very first time in person in London. We were both on a trip for Jeger Le Coult, and yeah. uh, we were sitting next to each other at the Royal Academy for the gala dinner. It was after they did, uh, what was it? Benedict Cumberbatch. Oh yeah. Story, something live stories live. What was it called? They, they were, they were, um, that's, that's a good question. Whether they were telling stories of, of Oh, letters live. Were... It was Benedict Cumber, Cumberbatch and the thing was called letters live. Yeah. Clark Peters was there. He plays, I don't know. Do you know the wire? I've, I've watched the wire yeah. and I, I just, I, I watched the whole series, mm -hmm. but it just, I didn't like it. Oh, you didn't to be honest. Oh no. Takes, Everybody loves it. It takes place in Baltimore. That's uh that's where I'm at. Right yeah. Now. Yeah. I remember. I liked the, the, the time I watched, uh, I watched the wire was, um, I was expecting something different because everybody was like, Oh, have you watched the wire? It's the best series ever. And, at that time, to me, that was um, Breaking Bad, for example. Right. And I kind of expected something like this. I didn't know that this was kind of the first series ever made. So I didn't, I haven't had the the view on it as I maybe should have. So it's 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 a godfather of all series. And I didn't didn't see it like that at that point. So it, I it probably is, have to rewatch it. It's a slower it. pace uh, and it takes time to get into, but you really get invested in the characters. We're getting off on a tangent here. <laughs> so anyway, we were at the Royal Academy to see Letters Live. We were there with JLC, and they sat us next to each other. And I had only known you through your Instagram, and and you know, Same. I I had no idea what you were like. And typically, I'm uh, when I meet people, not all the time, but the image I have formed in my head is not who they are. And then when I actually talk to them, I'm like really disappointed in some way. Mm. Oh, I thought you were like this. And I was talking with uh, Robin, my wife about this last night. And she said, it's like, you know, no one wants to meet their like idol or this famous celebrity that they know, and then be disappointed because they're not what they, who they thought they were. I remember mm. seeing that. <laughs> I remember seeing Jillian Anderson. I loved Jillian Anderson on the X-Files and she is like mm -hmm. this super smart and introspective person. And then I was so disappointed. I saw her on like a late night show. She was such a, a ditz. Yeah. <laughs> but but you so i i didn't know what to expect and then we had this deep conversation about watches and you're so knowledgeable about that and uh i wasn't expecting to click and, and hit it off with you quite the way that we did um it's rare that i find that kind of synergy with someone who also is in this world of whatever it is that we're doing so um absolutely <laughs> i don't know what were your perceptions of me before we had met that's a very good question since you're asking i was uh, thinking about that the last minute but i i genuinely genuinely can't recall <laughs> i can't recall i just i just know you were there i saw that you once made a made a blog post about me that was uh very um i i, I love that it was very oh, very yeah. very nice the rule the yeah. rules of style according to yeah and you took quite a lot of pictures so i was really i felt honored oh it was an honor but still, I, I can't recall what I was thinking about you. But I was, I was amazed afterwards because you were so, you were into so much topics. Just like now, you're doing a podcast, you're doing YouTube, you're doing Instagram. Can't do everything. <laughs> no, 
it feels like you're doing everything i do my best trying yeah that that's why like um i'm usually always surprised of people like positive wise mm -hmm. i i rarely get um negative experiences from people to be honest but with you it's, it was a peak like, interesting 100%. i didn't expect that and uh, that's why it's so so it's cool sitting here now talking to you i think um is it different in germany the whole i mean let's just influencer whatever it is is the scene are there as many people i feel like there's so many people in in the states who do this kind of thing and new people are always popping up and it's you know easy to in a way especially with instagram to be something you want to be and let people think that that's what you are um is it the same in in germany or is it different i mean i don't know 100 the same i think um it's probably just you just downscale it because we're just 80 million people and you're like 250 million yeah. right something like yeah. that and um it's the same but in a smaller scale um it's just the generations that they picked up on it the new generation um that they really see like okay you can you can be someone mm -hmm. you know i mean for me it was like i'm just a random guy from a small town village and people start knowing me in the u.s like the first time somebody uh came up to me saying hey i know you that was in seoul south korea 2016 had like 40,000 followers and there was a group of spanish guys saying like hey i know you i was like you do not <laughs> yeah, do. and i think people just love the idea of yeah of of, of making something of getting famous mm -hmm. on a platform without being a tv star or um or a singer or something that's why people start picking up on it and that's why there are quite a lot of people do you think do you think things will shift i mean they always do i remember when i first got into this whole thing that it was like the website you know people would have a website and that's oh, yeah. what was good or that's what you needed to have and then facebook as well but facebook wasn't that popular anymore so everyone shifted to instagram mm -hmm. and uh do you feel like instagram has had its day it's a very good question um i mean it's still my main platform mm -hmm. so i definitely don't want it to be like right. that but um i kind of feel like because there's so much more social platforms coming up like tiktok yeah um, i can't do tiktok that's I, that's just not I, my my jam personally I've never looked up, looked into TikTok. I've just seen some uh, some videos on Instagram that have this TikTok logo and at the bottom, yeah, yeah, bottom yeah. right. Um, but what I've what I always see is that people are imitating music, music stuff, mm. and uh, I don't see myself doing that. I don't see my my I don't see myself putting out my content on TikTok in a in an entertaining way like everybody else does. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't know how like. That's why, but this is another platform that just shares the um, the attention of people, and that's why, like, there's got to be something coming up that again gets the attention of people, and then you have a variety, and you have to choose from which app you open. If you're in a public transport from A to mm -hmm. B, are you a YouTube guy? Are you an Instagram guy? Are you a Facebook guy? Are you a TikTok guy? It's already four platforms. Yeah, it's it's hard to do it all, and and you said you think that I'm doing everything like myself, I'm not, I have like a team of people who help out, especially with the video. But one of the things that was really hard to do was to make that shift. Cause I put a lot of 
uh, time and effort into the website. And, you know, I sense that things needed to change. Actually, if you need another book to read, I could recommend for you. Um, it's called Only the Paranoid Survive. Yeah, write that down. Only the Paranoid Survive by Larry Grove. Am I getting that right? I got to look this up because I don't want to get it wrong. Only Paranoid. Mm-hmm. Only. I can, I can, just, can just Google the... the uh... Yeah. Uh, Andrew Grove. Excuse me. Andrew Grove. He was... Uh, and he talks about... He was the head of Intel, the computer company. Wow. And he talks about, you know, there were all these businesses like that, like Intel back then. And they were, I think they were all vertically integrated or not. I can't remember. I got it backwards. But anyway, the, the main point is that there's a thing called a strategic inflection point. And it's not something that's written in stone. It's just, you know, something's changing in the world and uh, how you adapt and position yourself and prepare for the next thing will determine whether you succeed or fail. There's a reason that we still talk about Intel and we know Intel these days because he was a very forward-thinking individual and he foresaw these changes in the industry and they adapted quickly and they were like, you know, at the, you know, uh, edge of the tip edge end of the spear and all these other mm -hmm. companies who just kept doing what they were doing and not changing or adapting or doing anything different there. We don't talk about them anymore because they disappeared because they weren't ready for the next evolution. I feel mm -hmm. like there's something of that nature going on now, by the way, if you read that book, you can totally skip over the end because it talks about the internet. Like, like it's, uh. it's, it was written, I think in the, 90s wow yeah <laughs> times times change so fast yeah. right i mean from from the day they um uh they they brought up with the 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 mobile mm -hmm. phone from from that day to the iphones now that's just years yeah. i mean how long it took for us to get electricity and everything going and now we're here talking on a on a liquid crystal <laughs> uh i know and it's pretty incredible. Um, mm -hmm. What I, I think what I was saying earlier was that making the switch, like you have to prioritize. I can't do everything myself. And I deprioritized the website. Well, I, was, I was taking a, a risk in a way and mm -hmm. focused, wanted to focus not so much on Instagram. I mean, you kind of have, we do Instagram uh, using stories more now, but shifting to YouTube was what I thought was important for, for me, because I felt like it would be a place that I could really speak to people. They could see who I was and, and have a voice, put a, a voice and, uh, to the face and, you know, it, mm. it growth didn't happen right away, but like anything, you know, you have to be consistent and put out quality and that, that, uh, yeah. that helps everything. So Eustace. Or justice, or use. How do you say it? Um, it's actually it's 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 up to you. Whatever is is more comfortable for you. Because um, in, it's I don't think it's it's uh, you can really pronounce it in a German way. Uh, we pronounce it Justus. 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 I think Justus. that's pretty good. Justus. 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 Is there an umlaut <laughs> on it? No. 
No. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's all I know. Um, but yeah, my I I, I, I uh, mentioned before that uh, my teacher in the U.S. I lived in the U.S. from 2001 to 2003. Um, Cherry Ann Wendling. She uh, she pronounced it Eustis. She was from Texas. Nice. Eustis. Yeah, she was from <laughs> Texas. And uh, it was fun. So I don't mind. Like a lot of people think my name is a Justif. Justif. Because of because of the F um, on uh-huh. Instagram. Um, but it's actually Justice F underscore Hansen because it's for my second name. Um, my name is Justus Frederick Hansen. Mm. So that's why the F is, uh, is there and people kind of miss miss see it. I think I knew that from your email address. And I get a lo- lot of Yustuf or Yusuf, <laughs> the the Turkish uh-huh. version. So I don't mind. Um, have you seen, do you, do you drink cocktails? I can't remember if you had one. I, mm, no, really. I don't drink cocktails. I, uh, what, what, what I really like is gin tonic. Mm-hmm. That's what that's, oh, and call that sour. Cocktail. So that, that's, you don't drink yeah, Negronis. Yeah. yeah well, but no, that's too, too bitter. bitter. And I don't, I, don't... <laughs> I was talking about Negronis because I was going to bring up the Stanley Tucci Negroni thing, which I had a reaction to, but since you're not a, a Negroni, uh, person, we, we can, we can, uh, we can scratch that one off the list. <laughs> I can't drink. I can't drink beer. I feel disgusting after I drink a beer, like bloated. But is is it only the idea that you like? And once you drink it, you you're like, oh, this was a bad idea, or do you really enjoy it then? Every once in a while, I I'm in the mood. Only like in the summertime. A lot of people in the States drink these really heavy oh, wow. beers like porters and there's like the craft beer industry here is ridiculous. Um, I was into that maybe like 15 years ago, but then I liked IPAs and things just got completely bonkers. They were way too bitter and I'd be parched the next day if I drank one. But every so often in the summer, I feel like drinking a very crisp, cold, <laughs> cheap beer. I will really only drink one beer at a time and I probably throughout the year, I might drink six total. And they're like cheap beers. I'm talking like Mick Ultra, uh, Michelob Ultra. Yeah. Or what else do I have in the the fridge? I literally will buy like a six pack of beer and they'll sit in the little fridge we have in the um, garage for years. (laughs) But no, I I really, I, I don't really drink beer that much. It's not, uh, yeah, so because I only drink one, it never really bo- bothers me. But uh, yeah, no, not my, not really my thing. I always get that asked because uh, I'm German. People are like, oh, you, you're a beer drinker. I'm like, mm-mm. Like, What's the best German beer? Oh, um, I mean, there's, there's opinions. Uh, personally, I, if I drink beer, I like Beck's. It is very Beck. bitter. But I don't. I kind of like that bitterness. Um, yeah, I, I like Bex. We have Bex here. Bex really good. And 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 the Rothaus. I think it's called the Rothaus. It's from uh, from the south. It's really good too. But I mean, we have so many beer, uh, like sorts of beer that I don't really. I don't. I haven't tried enough to give you uh, an educated answer to that. Yeah, people aren't listening to a couple of beer experts here. <laughs> no. <laughs> so obviously there's been this whole COVID-19 thing has changed so much. 
about everything. I think that's the understatement of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think or predict will be some of the bigger changes in the industry that you and I find ourselves working in? I think uh, the uh, the digital digital life kind of just got boosted because everything else is on hold, even magazines. We don't really know if all the magazines survive and the journalism itself, if it, that survives. Um, so I think in that case, uh, budgets will be will be switched to social media, to, to digital, let's say digital. Um, I think that could be positive in a way um, for our industry. But at the same time, it could also be different because people are still in shock. And if we have recession coming up, that could also affect the whole situation. Um, so I really don't know. Every, everybody nowadays is like a hobby viro- virologist and hobby economist. So uh, it's, um, that's a, you, you put kind of a positive, optimistic outlook on that things going more digital for our industry. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, and I think that's point I'm going to offer a counterpoint. So everything's moving online. Everyone is doing things online. Mm-hmm. Like every time I open up Instagram, there's so many people doing these live oh, yeah. conversations, Oh yeah, right? It's almost like market saturation in my point, in my view. Um, I don't know how do people rise above, how do you cut through the noise? I guess is what I'm, trying to answer for myself or asking you what do you think it's easy being niche niche yeah because if if everybody does the same i mean what i what i uh what i found the last couple of years is that there is a certain starter kit to or people think there is a certain starter kit to being a blogger and that kind of is is like you use the same vocabulary you uh everybody craves that's also one of those words everybody craves the same things if, if it is mm-hmm cars, flats, uh, travel destinations, or uh, just mindset and politic- politics stand- standpoints. Um, that's why um, I think if everybody does the same, you don't know who to follow. But if there's someone that just has a niche and only talks about that niche, for example, Suited Racer, this guy is a genius. He just mm-hmm. does his thing. And you can you can tell by his by his uh, his choice of words that he's a very intelligent guy, and he just mm-hmm. exactly knows how to put himself out there. And he's a guy you will never get tired of, and that's why he he really stands out. And that's the way I think you have to do it now. And also for us, it's the same. Like if if you think if somebody asks like, do you know a guy on Instagram that wears that's good in suits? There's just us. And if you ask someone, mm-hmm. is there someone who's good at fitness? There are so many out there. So yeah. we are kind of a niche. Uh, I mean, there is the potential is kind of small for us to grow to millions, mm-hmm. but I don't mind. We still have, have the audience and um, I think that's a way to stand out. Yeah. Yeah. I We made a decision, speaking of niche, to kind of go more luxury a few years ago. Not, not that, you know, a part of my style has always been to be attainable and approachable as well. Like luxury, I think it can f- sometimes fall into the trap of being like exclusive. If you don't know this or you can't afford this, you're not in the club. And, and that's not, not what I'm all about. But in terms of the business, uh, 
focusing on that niche and making content, I think that kind of uh, exemplified that helped to position us in a different, in a different way. Mm. Uh, we take great care with every kind of content we make and it's very deliberate. Uh, so anyway, but yeah, what I also wanted to say is, um, the market can be oversaturated, but if you have a true following, if you build up the true following for years, then, uh, then I don't think you're really affected. That's that's why I think it's always important to answer people to to interact with your community yeah. in a way that everyone feels like he's he means something. That's why I ever I answer each and every direct message only if it's I only I only don't answer if it's just upon somebody flirting or just wanting something <laughs> some stupid things like can I get, buy your socks or something like that. that <laughs> don't get buy your socks. What yeah. kind of socks do you wear? You really want to know? <laughs> sure. No, no. I mean just. <laughs> Average socks. If you, yeah. If, if I, if I walk around the flat and some, sometimes you just see my socks or something or whatever, yeah. or you, you, you just see my, me wearing a suit and you have like a piece of of sock, yeah. Looking out. Oh, oh. There were there were some people like, hey, nice socks. Can I buy them? <laughs> I must admit that I am not good at answering DMs on Instagram. Part of that, I, I answer so many comments on YouTube. And I feel like I have a roots. I feel like I have a really uh, great relationship with my following on YouTube because of that. But I think part of the reason for me is that I don't like to type with my thumbs. I prefer to, to type with my fingers. Mm -hmm. I, I know what you mean. And I got to that point as well. That's why I got really bad at a, a private conversation to be on by WhatsApp, for example. I just don't reply anymore. People, uh, people start complaining. I'm like, I'm really sorry, but I just don't want to be on the phone the whole day so to me it is my job to do uh, to, to answer direct messages because mm -hmm. i don't have that many platforms as you do that's why yeah. i can focus on instagram and i have to so it is my job to answer questions um, that's great that you do that and that's why your audience is so engaged i hope so um but yeah like in personal life i don't like texting anymore yeah so i get your point i can't do it i'm less likely to answer a dm just because I'll have to type with my thumbs. Hmm. <laughs> if they could move it online, that would be easier. I could just type. It's just what so much faster. We have 10 fingers versus two, you know, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can only use Instagram via your phone, right? You, can, you can't even use the iPad for it, upload something via the iPad or something. It doesn't work. I don't know if you can do... Let me look right now. I'm going to see if I can. I know I can look at Instagram on the web. But can I reply to direct messages? Not that I know. I don't think so. No. Well, something to explore. Mm. <laughs> um, well, I think this has been good. I know you've got a phone call you've got to run to. Oh, yeah. That's in eight minutes. You're right. Eight minutes. So we can give you some time. We haven't really worked out how to end this. This is something we're going to be doing. It's it's the first. It's also the first time I've ever doing a podcast. Also, it's in a foreign language, so excuse some some mistakes I made. But uh, I didn't hear yeah. any. I didn't hear any. Okay, that's good. <laughs> um, but the the thing is, we just do it the way it comes. So uh, uh, yeah, like right now, I got the phone call I have to take, and uh, yeah. I think it's it's doing it like very very amateur wise. It's it's also kind of cool because there's yeah. so many people out there doing it so professionally. Yeah. That it's I, I have to get comfortable with the whole situation too. So that's a progress. At some point we should ask people, we should do like an ask me anything, put out something on Instagram 
and just line up the questions and go down. So, yeah. Yeah, And also I'm I'm interested in getting feedback. Like if with topics, people want to want to hear us talk about, um, philosoph, uh, about, yeah. Philosophize. Philosophize. Exactly. Yeah. That's what I mean. It's a language barrier here. (laughs) All right. Well, I think that's a good place to leave it. I, I, your English is wonderful. Thank you. You should, you should be uh, ashamed of it at all. So, uh, yeah, this is a good first session and we'll, we'll check back in, I don't know, in a week or two, see how it goes. Perfect. Sound good. So we got to clap now, right? To, to stop the, the whole, uh, audio. I don't think so. <laughs> no? <laughs> you can clap if you want. There all you right, go. Just clap. Well done. Clap <laughs> for yourself. So, Hey, uh, stay, stay well. And, uh, we'll, we'll, uh, catch up soon. You too. Thanks. All right. Bye. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Please subscribe and be sure to rate the show, which really helps us out. Reminder that you can watch all of our Speaking Style episodes over on the He Spoke Style YouTube channel. Leave us comments there, suggest future topics, engage with the whole community over there on the channel. So thanks again, and we'll see you next time. Thank you.